Hi, this is Mary. Welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I talk about all things mental health and more. And the more this week is going to be about Valentine's Day. Now, I know that Valentine's Day is definitely a holiday that can be fraught with a lot of frustration and tension and expectation. And especially if you have an insecure attachment style, Valentine's Day may not be one of the more fun holidays of the year. So before we get into all of that, I want to talk about the history of Valentine's Day, which is rooted in both Christian and Roman traditions. And over time, it has become a widely celebrated and commercialized holiday, like all of the holidays that we have in this country. So how did Valentine's Day start? Well, some historians think that it started with the Feast of Lupercalia, which was during the days of February 13th and 15th. Now, this was not a fun feast for women because during this festival, men sacrificed goats and dogs and then whipped women with the hides of these animals. It was believed to promote fertility and cleanse the city. Hello, male patriarchy. Here we are. Ancient Rome. Thank you. So then over time, there was some influences in Christianity. There was a good old soul named St. Valentine. And there are several Christian martyrs named Valentine that were associated with acts of compassion and love. One common legend is about a priest named Valentine who defied the Roman emperor Claudius II's ban on marriages for young men. Ooh, I like that. Valentine continued to perform marriages for couples in secret, but was eventually arrested and executed. So how did all of this murder and beating evolve into a romantic holiday? Well, the first recorded association of Valentine's Day with romantic love is found in Geoffrey Chaucer's poem, Parliament of Fowls, in the 14th century. Chaucer wrote about the mating of birds on St. Valentine's Day as a metaphor for human love. Gotta love me some Chaucer. I remember that from my uh, college days. So the first written Valentine was in the 15th century. It was a poem written by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife in 1415 while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London. How romantic. And in the 17th century, there became a tradition of exchanging handmade love notes and tokens of affection on Valentine's Day, which became more widespread throughout the 17th century, bringing us to the 19th century. Here comes the commercialization of Valentine's Day. Mass production of printed cards. Esther Howland, known as the mother of the American Valentine, started producing and selling the first mass-produced Valentines in the 1840s. So she basically was the precursor to Hallmark. And as the printing technology advanced, cards, chocolates, flowers, and other romantic gifts became more accessible. The tradition of exchanging gifts on Valentine's Day became deeply ingrained in Western culture. Here we go. We're being brainwashed February 14th. Moving up to the 20th century, we know that Valentine's Day has become heavily commercialized with the rise of marketing and advertising. 
retailers capitalized on the holiday, promoting various products and experiences as expressions of love. And then it became a global phenomenon. Many countries adopted the celebration and commercial aspects associated with expressing love. Now, I know the moment Christmas was over, I had gone to the drugstore and up were the Valentine's Day cards. So this is in our face starting on December 26, right? The commercialization of these holidays does not stop. And with holidays becomes a lot of anxiety. And so for those of you who have insecure attachment style, again, as I said before, Valentine's Day can be fraught with frustration, expectation. All of those uncomfortable feelings get wrapped up in a big red bow on Valentine's Day. So before we get into the whole madness of Valentine's Day, let's just quickly recap the main attachment styles. Now we know we have anxious, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. And each style brings its own set of quirks and challenges when it comes to relationships. So I want to start with the anxious attachment style. The ones who are already planning their weddings after the first date. Oh my gosh, I can totally see myself married to this person. So for all you anxious attachers out there, Valentine's Day can be a roller coaster of emotions. Anxious individuals, you all crave connection and reassurance and are constantly craving connection and reassurance. And no matter how much reassurance you get, you are craving more. And Valentine's Day amps up those desires to the max. So the lead up for Valentine's Day for all you anxious attachers out there is there is so much anticipation in the air fueled by the desire for a perfect day filled with love and affection. Oof. So just imagine an anxious dater meticulously planning every detail of the Valentine's Day celebration weeks in advance from choosing the perfect restaurant to curating a thoughtful gift. Every detail is carefully considered. The anticipation builds and so do the expectations. Oh, those expectations sure can feel like a whirlwind. Anxious attachers yearn for the day to be the manifestation of their partner's love, a tangible proof to their commitment. Well, that's not always the case. And maybe how you see commitment or this is proof of commitment is not the way that your partner sees commitment. And you need to be respectful of that. So Valentine's Day arrives, you're waiting for the gestures and the declarations of love. Every text, glance, gift is scrutinized for its depth of emotion. Yet amidst the excitement, there's this undercurrent of anxiety, fear that your expectations may not be met. So here is where the anxious attachment style truly takes center stage, seeking reassurance. The anxious individual might find themselves sending multiple texts throughout the day, seeking confirmation that they are loved and valued. So you might bombard your partner with messages like, did you like the gift? Do you really love me? Really, really seeking that need for reassurance, which becomes a driving force. And each response, or mm, what if you don't get a response? becomes a validation of your worth. So if you're not getting a response 
and the response that you want, that is going to be directly tied to your worth. So we know that Valentine's Day does not unfold as the fairy tales that we grew up with. And the reality of the situation is it's most likely going to fall short of an anxious individual's expectations. And you will most likely be disappointed. So despite everything that you wanted to go perfect and it didn't, you might feel sad around that if that day does not unfold as you imagined. You might question your partner's commitment, leading to a spiral of self-doubt and insecurity. So I just want to encourage you anxious attachers out there, really reflect on the day's events and reflect on what went well, right? I know that you anxious attachers love to focus on the negative, but really focus on the positive. I mean, you can even be so, it can even be so simple as to drop a pros and cons list, but I really want to emphasize focusing on the positive. So this introspection can help you grow. It'll help you understand your needs and maybe even communicate more effectively on what your expectations are for the day. It's also a good time to be introspective of like, hey, are my expectations too much, right? Am I expecting too much on this day? I don't know. So a lot of times with people who run anxious, maybe you've never ever gotten your needs met and you don't even know what that means. So again, I always encourage people to reflect on the day's events, figure out what your needs are, communicate those needs, and most important, embrace your own self-love and self-care. So try not to only rely on external validation because the more you rely on external validation and don't get it, the more your self-worth is going to implode. So Self-love, self-care, self-compassion, and communicate your needs and fears with your partner to manage expectations. And when you're doing this communication, come from a place of feeling grounded. Notice if you're in your more highly anxious emotional state. If you are, your communication is going to be off. You might not even remember what you're communicating because you're more having, you might even be having a trauma response, which can sometimes shut off that part of our brain that is around memory. So we're not even remembering what we're saying. So I really, really encourage you when you do have a conversation with your partner, come from a grounded place so that you can remember the conversation and feel calm. And anytime the conversation feels really heightened, you feel like you're losing control of the conversation, really good time to take a time out. Hey, we need a break. Let's reconvene. Always give a time when you are going to reconvene so that you feel okay. Like, okay, I know that we're going to talk in 20 minutes, or I know that we're going to talk tomorrow at three o'clock or tomorrow after work or whatever it is. It's really important to put a timestamp on it. So thank you, anxious attachers, for being so patient. We are going to transition to the avoidant Valentine. So mm, avoidance. You know how you look at Valentine's Day, maybe with a raised eyebrow, nonchalant attitude? It doesn't matter. 
You avoidance tend to downplay the cultural hype surrounding the day and sometimes may view it as a commercialized event rather than a meaningful expression of love. Now, yes, we all know that it's commercialized, but it's also a day to show your partner some appreciation. So picture this. You as an avoidant dater casually dismiss Valentine's Day plans, suggesting something low-key like, hey, let's order takeout and watch a movie, aka Netflix and chill. You know, something easy. Oh my gosh, you make jokes about how expensive dinners are, how if prices are inflated with flowers, that this holiday is totally blown out of proportion. So emotional expression is not your strong suit, and Valentine's Day can pose a challenge in this department. The pressure to openly express feelings and engage in grand romantic gestures may trigger discomfort. So just imagine if you are an avoidant or if you're dating an avoidant, imagine that this person is grappling with the idea of writing a heartfelt card. While they may resist pouring their deepest emotions onto paper, they might opt for a humorous or lighthearted approach, injecting their own unique personality into the sentiment. Because remember, independence is key for the avoidant attachment style. So just even going and, you know, picking out a card or making something funny is their way of expressing love. Is it going to be a, as I said, a poem by Chaucer, you know, from the 14th century? Probably not. But it's going to be something that they're able to show up for and share with you. So. We know that independence is key for the avoidant attachment style, and Valentine's Day becomes an opportunity for you avoidant attachers out there to create a comfortable space for yourself while respecting the boundaries of your partner. The avoidant dater might suggest spending a part of Valentine's Day engaged in solo activities, um, giving themselves some me time, which is really going to allow them to recharge and maintain their sense of independence so that they can show up better for you on the date. So don't forget, just because somebody is avoidant doesn't mean they don't have an undercurrent of vulnerability, right? It still exists. So Navigating the balance between maintaining autonomy and allowing emotional connection can be a delicate dance. So for those of you who are avoidant daters, we know that you love to downplay the significance of the day. You might feel some vulnerability, which can be seen in like a subtle glance, a tender touch, some kind of unspoken acknowledgement on a shared connection. So for those of you who are dating somebody who's avoidant, just like, you know, be aware of that, like pay attention because these small little gestures that may seem small to you are actually really big for somebody who's an avoidant. Something even as, you know, basic as a hug, right, can just feel very confronting for somebody who's avoidant. So what I say to avoidance is, you know, also reflect on the experience. What worked? What didn't work? What did you feel comfortable doing? How did you feel about expressing yourself or your feelings towards another person? I think that it's really important to sort of get connected to your own vulnerability and compassion. So again, for you avoidance, challenge yourself to express emotions in small and meaningful ways. 
and also recognize that vulnerability can enhance, not weaken your connection. So I think a lot of times avoidance, when they're growing up, you know, they see vulnerability as a weakness because avoidance have those, the, that guard up, right? And so just know that vulnerability can actually be a strength and it can actually help with connection. So moving on to the disorganized attachment style. If you have been listening to my podcast over the past 10 months, you know I've done a lot of talking on attachment styles. So if you're up to speed, you know that the disorganizer is a combo of anxious and avoidant. So that's really hard because people who are disorganized attachers have this internal tug of war between the desire for closeness and the fear of vulnerability. So, ooh, what does a disorganized Valentine's Day look like? So, I feel like a disorganized dater grapples with those conflicting emotions, especially as Valentine's Day approaches. I want to connect, I want to be intimate, and I'm also scared of the emotional chaos that may ensue that such closeness might bring. So it's like, I want the closeness, but I'm afraid of the closeness. Totally get that. And Valentine's Day tends to amplify the disorganized individual struggle with setting clear expectations. So there can be some uncertainty of how to approach the day, which can create a sense of anxiety and indecision. Like, I want to make plans, but I don't know what to do. So if you're dating somebody who feels like they're scattered and all over the place, it's really good to take the reins and be like, don't worry about it. I got this covered. I'm going to take care of it. Because disorganized attachment style is characterized by inconsistent, unpredictable behaviors in relationships and really a hard time forming any kind of coherent strategy for dealing with stress or emotional needs, there's going to be a lot of emotions coming up on Valentine's Day. You know, there are going to be a lot of mixed emotions, again, with the connection, desire for connection and intimacy, but also fear of vulnerability. And just like what I said before, difficulty planning or committing, emotions will be amplified. They're a mix of love, fear, anxiety, leading to confusion about how to express themselves. And that really deep-seated fear of rejection and abandonment which is going to make them hesitate to express their feelings openly. They might worry that their efforts on Valentine's Day won't be reciprocated or appreciated. There also can be some trust issues coming up. So that's really common with individuals with a disorganized attachment style. Again, just like the avoidant, they may approach Valentine's Day with skepticism, questioning the authenticity of romantic gestures and expressions of love. And then just like the anxious attachment style, they're going to want to seek some reassurance. They may need explicit confirmation of their partner's love and commitment just to help alleviate their anxiety and uncertainty. So, I mean, I feel like this advice or these suggestions can really kind of go across the board for all the attachment styles. Communication is key. Practicing open communication with your partner. And if you don't know how to do that, I say seek couples therapy. Who is going to teach you the ways to communicate? Because sharing feelings, fears, and anxieties about Valentine's Day or about anything are so difficult to communicate 
If you have an anxious attachment style, avoidant, disorganized, doesn't matter. Being open, honest, and vulnerable is really hard. So I definitely suggest if you are having problems in this part of your relationship, please go seek a couples therapist to help you communicate. Communication is one of the foundations of a relationship. Another thing to do is set realistic expectations for the day. So the person that you may be in partnership with may not have time to plan, might be busy. So don't, you know, I think communication around like what the expectations are is key too. So sometimes when we expect somebody to show up in a way that they cannot show up, um, that's just going to set you up for failure. So, you know, Maybe it's okay to celebrate Valentine's Day in a different way. I know that um, the new Bob Marley movie, One Love, is going to be released on Valentine's Day, and that's how I want to celebrate it. I love Bob Marley. I love reggae. I love biopics. That is just my happy place. So some people want a really expensive restaurant or fancy jewelry. Just give me some Bob Marley and some reggae, and I'm happy. And again, that brings me to the point of focusing on small gestures instead of grand gestures, right? Small, meaningful acts of kindness. These build up over time. Grand gestures are like, oh, I plan this big trip for us. And you do it once every six months, right? But if you do these little small things, those are the things that can help build the foundation of the relationship. One grand gesture and then not doing anything again for six months kind of sucks, I'm just going to say. But if you have all like these little things that add up and that have meaning, that is going to make your relationship so much stronger. And again, I love practicing self-compassion, be kind to yourself on the day, buy yourself a Valentine's Day gift. It's okay to have mixed feelings on Valentine's Day, especially if we've, you know, grown up in the United States and it's kind of been a thing. You know, what I loved about Valentine's Day when I was a kid in elementary school is that you'd buy those little packs of cards that were super cheesy and amazing at the same time. And you had to give everybody a card in your grade or in your class. You had to give everybody a Valentine's Day card so that nobody was left out which is amazing. And then suddenly it became like more of this like individualistic holiday that's about like, do you, are you going out tonight? Are you not going out? It's filled with so much shame. It's just become, I don't know, growing up, you know, I feel like everybody should get a Valentine's Day card. And just like what I was saying before about reflection, reflect on the positive moments. Reflect on the positive moments in your relationships. Recall instances of connection, love, and support. Reinforcing those positive aspects of your connection with others. So that helps reinforce those neural pathways right, of love and connection and that feel good, all that juicy feel good stuff. So the more you focus on the positive, and I'm not a positive vibes only person because that's totally unrealistic, but I'm saying take some time to lean into the positive aspects of the relationship so that when stuff gets triggered, your brain, our brains are so trained to go into the negative, right? Because that's about survival, that we forget that there's this whole world of positivity 
that we can turn to and do some reality testing with. So just remember, everybody's approach to Valentine's Day is not a one-size-fits-all, and don't compare yourself to other people. And if you want a little bit of uh, a peek into what secure attachment style people do on Valentine's Day, it just they just celebrate the joy of genuine connection, right? So Valentine's Day can be full of ease and joy, no big deal, and not in an avoidant way, but just like, you know what, I'm just glad that I'm with someone and I don't need it to be a huge gesture. Let's just do something fun together and have more connection together. So I'm not looking for external validation. It's more about like how I feel, right? And even gauge that for yourself. How do you feel when you're spending time with somebody? How do you feel around that person? So secure attachers usually express their love in a way that feels authentic to them and their partner. Just so just like I was saying, I want to go see that Bob Marley movie on Valentine's Day because that feels authentic to me. Dressing up and going out to dinner for me does not feel like me. So that's what I'm saying. Choose something that feels authentic to you. And hopefully you know what that is, whatever it is shared hobby, spontaneous adventure, whatever it is that you like to do. And some people do like to dress up and go to a fancy meal, but I don't need that in order for me to know that my partner loves and cares about me. So I hope you learned a little bit of something something on this Valentine's Day podcast. Again, I cannot emphasize enough how important communication is, communication and connection and compassion and all of those juicy things that happen on Valentine's Day. So regardless of what you do, if you're just going to be your own Valentine, all good. If you're going to join me and watch that Bob Marley movie, let me know. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And for anyone else out there who's partnered up or single, I wish you a happy Valentine's Day. And the most important person to love is yourself. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. DM, reach out. I'm Mary B. Therapy on Instagram or MaryBTherapy.com on the interwebs. And again, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>